This podcast is sponsored by Xgrowth. Xgrowth is the APAC ABM agency. If you and your organization are looking to land and expand enterprise mid-market deals, Xgrowth is the agency to help. Xgrowth works with a wide range of international and global technology vendors, service providers, and B2B SaaS companies. If this sounds like some of your interests to know more about, make sure to check out Xgrowth at xgrowth.com.au. That's xgrowth.com.au and chat with the APAC ABM agency. What's up, marketers, and welcome to another episode of the Growth Colony Podcast. I'm Liza from Xgrowth to tell you that each episode we bring in B2B leaders to chat about how you can achieve those everyday wins in the marketing world. Whether you're new to the B2B game, working at a leadership level, or even just showing some interest, we know you'll love the episode. So grab a drink, get comfy, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. I'm Shaheen Hoda with Xgrowth, and today I'm talking to Richard Jacobson, head of account-based marketing and strategy for Asia Pacific at IBM, about how to build a messaging framework for your ABM program and develop personalized value propositions for your target accounts. On that note, let's dive in. Richard, thanks a lot for joining us. Hi, Shaheen. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. I, uh, I, I, I think value proposition messaging is probably one of those things in ABM that doesn't get as much attention and probably maybe there is not as much expertise. There's also like a lot of work that goes in it. So I think the first question that I want to ask is at a high level, what are some of the most important factors and elements that goes into building that messaging and the value proposition component of ABM? So, um, I mean, that's a great question, right? When we think about ABM, or at least in our program, we like to say that the, uh, the ABMer is, the, is like the CMO of the account, right? And so they're not just marketing to an account, they're marketing to various segments within that account, right? So different, different stakeholders, different people, different levels of leadership. And I think that's where the messaging framework has to be, you know, has to be modified or adapted to suit that that environment. Imagine if you are the CMO of a country, your messaging for large accounts will be different to small accounts, right? So similarly, in an account, messaging to the CEO will be different than messaging to the, um, you know, developers or or architects, right? So so the messaging framework has to be adjusted depending on who, who the message is for within the account. So I think that's one of the key things, right? And it obviously has to be made relevant to the person that you're trying to speak to or the group of people, right? So it's about the individual. The CFO will have a different priority than the uh, the CMO, for example, even though you're trying to sell the same solution. Yeah, very true. Very true. So, so that is, so in your opinion, what you're saying is that is the core component of first of all. I think there there are two things that you really said there. It was like you are the CEO of your account, which CMO. is a, um, the CMO, the CMO yeah. of your accounts, and and then adjusting that messaging for different individuals within that account. So, so would you say those are the two main main factors and mindsets and approaches that one needs to think about? Yeah, that's what I would say. And, you know, um, uh, and the whole, all of the tactics that come around are really to facilitate or to enable 
you to deliver those messages to the different stakeholders, right? So it's always message first, tactic second, right? Um, and, uh, and that's kind of, uh, I guess the other way of saying it is kind of client, client-centric focus, right? Of course. What are usually the inputs when you're trying to build that messaging framework or value proposition that you take advantage of when you're building that um, messaging for, for an account? We have a, so we have obviously um, tools that we can use to gain insights on accounts, right? And, and some, some organizations might use um, external sources, you know, but we do have a, you know, we are a fairly large corporation and we have a large program globally. So we have a global program office and they provide um, some of this content that they can use, right? So we have something called the Industry Client Engagement Handbook, right? Uh, and this is um, a document that looks at industry imperatives around the industries for our top accounts and lines that up and lines that up against you know things like what are the client pain points that line up to those industry imperatives you know and what's the IBM point of view about how we solve those problems right so we have this document that that is a shared document between marketing and sales so we use that as a primary source or, or a starting point for the input right so it's it, it starts with the industry imperatives we understand what the client pain points are we look at, you know, what are the individuals within a client that might have different pain points. And then we start lining up the IBM point of view um, against those pain points, right? Then we start talking about tactics and marketing plans, etc. right? So it starts from the industry. So that's the, the key input, I would say. Got it. Got it. Do you find that, you know, kind of catching, getting input from the sales team, the account team, where do you think that comes in? in that developing is that is that a factor what are your thoughts on that well i would i think that that has to that has, that has to happen from the very beginning right so there's an analogy i like to use which is um i don't know whether you know about rally rally racing shaheen but it's basically a driver and a navigator and they are you know racing against time right and usually the driver and the navigator would uh, would uh, would refer to a map of the course right and uh, and they would then go over that map at the beginning before the race in fact right and the, the navigator's role is to help the, the driver, you know, d- decide how fast to go, when the next, when, when the next turn is coming, etc. right? Because if they are looking at different maps, <laughs> they wouldn't be going in the same direction, right? So, so at the very beginning, and this document that I talk about is what we would use, would be the map in our example here, where sales and marketing both refer to the same inputs from the very beginning of the marketing and planning cycle, and then they make sure that they are coordinated when they when they go when they go out and uh, and start engaging with the clients, right? I love that analogy because obviously, so you're saying both. So you're saying that the driver and the passenger is, is sales and marketing. Is that is that correct? That's correct. the analogy. Yeah. So 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 the so the car is the client. Let's let's say right, and the driver is the the sales team, and you know the navigator is the marketing team, and you wouldn't be able to do or go as fast as you as you could driving a rally car without a navigator. So, you know, we think it's of it as a partnership, an essential partnership. And, you know, and that's that's what it should be, right? Um, easier said than done, I think. Mm. Uh, you know, it's always been sales, us, marketing them, and there's some conflicts, and that happens. But, you know, I think that if we can get this right, it really makes a big difference for the client. I really like that rally racing considering you both have to be familiar with the map and then you're right there together 
um, navigating the road and and everyone has a bit of an understanding of the road but really that that hand-to-hand collaboration is gonna is gonna get you to the finish line i love I and love also that right if uh if you end up in the ditch you end up in the ditch together so you know <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's right the, the the other question that I want to ask is how do you how do you structure a messaging hierarchy? So what would that what would that look like usually when you when you build a messaging hierarchy for an account? So so there's a there's a there's a construct right the 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 different levels layers of leadership in an organization and this this probably more tr- more tr- more true for large organizations although you know it it can be adapted to small organizations right so if you think about the three layers of leadership you have the um, strategic leadership so this would be like your your C suite your board of directors CEO right and they have you know and they're thinking in terms of the long term growth of the company you know, broader broader topics, microeconomics, right? All of those things and, and really trying to define the strategy of where they want their company to go, right? So that's one layer of leadership. And then the second layer we would, we would call um, the operational leadership. So this would be a line of business, supply chain managers, that sort of thing, right? And then the third layer is what we call the execution, right? So these are the people who actually get the stuff done, right? And I think that the messaging framework or hierarchy, as you put it, needs to to be different for these different layers of leadership. So for a C, for the, the strategic layer, it'll be very, very personalized, right? The message will be for the CFO, right? In fact, in our program, we ask our ABMers to name the person uh, and not just the role, right? So they need, to, they need to figure out who the person is that they're trying to, to speak to, right? And similarly, you know, operational leadership will be a different message. For the practitioners, the ex- execution layer will be a different message again. And even though we are trying to, you know, promote or propose the same solution to these three layers of leadership, the messaging is different, right? But ultimately, we want all of them to kind of see the value from from their perspective that hopefully tells them, you know, that the value proposition we have for their organization as a whole, right? So that's the, the way I would position it. I think the key thing around value, creating value is creating these opportunities to, to deliver value to these individuals whether it's an event or a webinar or some piece of content. And once you, sh- you deliver value, they, they recognize that, you know, you can, that we can do more than just sell them stuff. We can teach them stuff, right? Uh, especially for a, a corporation like IBM where we have a lot of industry expertise. And that builds trust, right? And once you have the trust, and then you can have further conversations that eventually, hopefully, lead to, to some demand generation and demand capture. Got it. Got it. And it sounds like the the approach that you're suggesting is that 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 is that is a model to think about for each buying center and whether that's that's relevant. So if you're looking at the finance buying center, it's like you got to think about the leadership, the operation, the execu- execution. If you're looking at the marketing a buying center, or you're looking at the software development buying center, it's like looking at it from those three lenses. So there would be multiple buying centers within the organization looking at those three layers, and some of them might be relevant, some of them not. Is that is that fair to say? Yes, and and I think some of them will be decision makers, some will be influencers, you know, some would be kind of need to know, right? So, in, uh, and, and you know, understanding the the different people in those organizations is key, right? Um, you don't want to be spending your time and investment on on the wrong person, right? So, so yes, within the buying centers, you also need to be targeted. Okay, okay. 
You talked about how you would personalize, for example, at, at the leadership level. Can we dive a little bit deeper than that? How, how deep does the, the personalization rabbit hole go? Right. So because we deal primarily with very, very large accounts, um, and we have you know individual marketers assigned to these accounts, we can get fairly pinpoint accurate in our personalization, right? So I think I mentioned earlier, right, we, we, we don't say we want to target the CEO. We actually put a name to the person in, uh, in the account plans that we do. Well, in the largest accounts anyway. And then we would make sure that we have some, some you know, um, profile of the person, right, so that we can really, you know, personalize that message to, to the person, the individual in the account. Right. So, 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 so at one level, that is very, very deep pinpoint personalization. But as you would imagine, you can't do this for everyone in an account, right? Because you know, in in some of these, if you talk about the different layers, some you know, in certain layers, there could be tens, if not hundreds, of people, right? So, so, so within that account, the personalization has to be tiered. Is the word I would use, right? So, mm. some really pinpoint accurate. Some are more, you know, cohort based, and then some are a bit more broad based. So that's how I would, I would put it, I think, in terms of, of the personalization. But um, one of the things that we have found success with is creating opportunities or platforms for these stakeholders in the client organizations to be seen or be, or be recognized in their industry among their peers, right? So we might do like a, a partnership with a media company, for example, where we invite the targeted stakeholder, the person that we have identified by name, to go on stage with an IBM, for example, and, uh, and have, a, have a conversation or a fireset chat. And these might then be broadcast through the media, whether it's video uh, or whether it's publications, right? And, and that gives us an opportunity because you obviously have to plan for those uh, engagements. It gives us an opportunity to get to know that client a little bit more. And then, you know, in future, when we do these personalization uh, messages, we have a bit more insight about what, uh, what's important to them, right? So, Got it, got it. That's, uh, that's a very, very interesting way and in, in, in a um, practical way of thinking about personalization because I think a lot of, uh, I, I hear quite often, a lot of people are like, how, how deep do I go into personalization? How much personalization should I be doing? And, uh, and that's a, um, that's a, common question that uh they, that that one would get how does how do you differentiate between one-to-one one-to-few and i don't know if if one-to-few is an area that you focus on that, that there's like clusters of accounts but um if if you do maybe that's the first question is 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 there one-to-few is there is that a thing um in apj for ibm but yeah yeah we do we do have one to one and one to few uh, and and cluster right and and the way we do we do it is maybe it's a little bit differently we have so we have cluster programs so programmatic approach to a cluster so say a banking cluster say a cluster of banks in india for example we will have a programmatic approach so we might have a series of round tables or a series of um uh, engagements like like what i spoke about earlier these 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 are partnerships with the media but for each one of them, it's a different client and a different stakeholder. So we just repeat it, right, for the different organizations. So that's kind of how we approach cluster rather than doing a piece of marketing that, that we hope will touch all of them. We do a program that we can repeat, right? And then we put different clients in there. So that's how we approach right. a cluster program. But at the, 
But in the organization, when we engage with this, with sales, it's uh, it's on an account by account basis, right? So each account will have an individual plan, and then where it makes sense, we kind of slot them into these programmatic things that we have uh, at a cluster level. So it's a combination really of one-to-one engagement in understanding the account, but deploying a cluster-based prog- programmatic approach. Right. So would you say the tactics are more... Um, so it sounds like the messaging is still very account-focused, but it's really the tactics that becomes goes into the category of like one-to-one or one-to-few or, or programmatic. Is that, yeah. is that fair to say? Yeah, and, 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 uh, and that helps us with getting more bang for, for the buck, I guess, right? Because if you have a repeatable format with the same sort of media partner, that will be more cost-effective than doing individual bespoke events for each account every single time, right? So that's one approach. And the other way is, you know, we, we, we like to tag on to ag- other existing sort of non-ABM tactics that are happening. So I don't know what, how familiar you are with IBM, but we have this huge conference called Think every year, right? And, um, and, and in certain cities, we, we will have them. So like, like Sydney is happening next week. Well, I guess it'll be in the past once this podcast comes out. But um, what we try to do is we say, well, there's a big event going on. Let's leverage all the buzz around that for our ABM program by putting some tactics that are ABM specific at the event, right? So we might do a, a lunch for the ABM accounts, for example, at this already existing event. Got it. Got it. Okay. That that um, that makes sense. And I guess my, my last question on, on this topic is, what are some of the mistakes either you've seen other marketers make when they're building messaging or you've maybe personally have made when building messaging for, for ABM programs? So I think not starting with the industry imperatives is one that, uh, that I, you know, I mean, I don't have deep knowledge of other companies' ABM programs, but I think that that's probably something that gets missed a lot. So, you know, understanding what is important from an industry perspective for those clients, it, it, it seems intuitively something that everyone does, but I don't think everyone does that. So I think that's one of the one of the areas that I would look at if you're finding that the messaging is is missing the mark. And what about the allocation of team members? You, you know how you talked about the marketer is the CMO of the account. What do you see or, or how do you structure in terms of how many how many accounts a marketer would have? Is it a one-to-one kind of like right. one account, one marketer, or is it like multiple different accounts? How do you approach that? So so our program is um, based on, it's lined up to the sales segmentation model. So IBM has a sales segmentation model, right? And uh, and while these are generally the largest accounts, uh, large corporations, they're also within, within large, you can have largest not so large and just large, right? So, so you know, we uh, we would then, you know, de- depending on the size of the account, that's how we would allocate them, right? So the largest accounts would have a dedicated marketer, or one marketer might cover two of them or three of them, right? So, so they can focus on those accounts. And then when you get down to, you know, the 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 the, the, the low the, the lower segmentation in that model, you might have like a one to five or a one to ten. And this is where that cluster approach really comes in, like I mentioned earlier, right? Because you can't do, we don't have the resource to do, you know, 10 bespoke activities for 10 accounts in a banking cluster, for example, right? And so that's where we bring in the uh, programmatic approach. So so it differs, but generally it'll be like one to very few and then one to few, I guess I put it that way. Uh, we don't have the luxury of having 
all accounts having one-to-one -one marketers. We just don't. Of course. Of course. I mean, we've covered we've covered a, a wide range of topics from the structure to kind of mistakes to the rally racing analogy, which I uh, which I love. Is there anything else before I have some rapid fire questions, but before we kind of get to that, is there anything else that maybe I didn't ask or you think it's important for us to kind of talk about with regards to ABM messaging that we didn't? Yeah, I, I think maybe I touched on it a little bit, but I think, you know, if we think about creating value for the individual stakeholders as the key behind or the purpose of our messaging, I think that will really help us shift our mindset in terms of what are we trying to do, right? We want them to recognize us, not just for our products and services, but for our expertise and for the fact that we can help them understand by bringing in examples from, because we are a global company, right? So a bank in Australia could benefit from examples from a bank in, uh, in the US, for example, right? And delivering that in a way that shows we want to help you and we're not just here to sell you something, but here's some ideas on what's worked elsewhere for for some of our other clients, right? So bringing that value, I think, should be the starting point. And once you've, you've demonstrated you can create value for them, that builds trust. And then, you know, at some point in the, f in the future, you will get the pipeline. I mean, ultimately, it's all about demand generation. Of course. All, all, it's, it's uh, yes, absolutely. Creating that pipeline for the organization. But um, that's a really good point of like, also taking in mind of, of what, how can you educate them? What can you what can you teach them, and uh, and taking that into consideration? Uh, at the same time, you talked about the the industry client engagement handbook and kind of combining those two in terms of what's happening in the industry, um, and uh, what can you teach the uh, the organization. This is uh, this is awesome. This is great stuff. Do you want to be a part of something great and receive greatness in return? Well, with the help of Media Collateral, Xgrowth is creating the state of account-based marketing in APAC Report for 2023. Be a part of this industry study and get the opportunity to win a free consultation with Xgrowth's ABM experts on how you can optimize your ABM strategy. And all it takes is filling out the survey located in the pod description. Want to hear about more greatness? Well, by filling up the survey, you'll get immediate access to download our ABM Essentials Pack and get an exclusive pre-release copy of the report. So what are you waiting for? Click the survey link to get started. Let's do some rapid fire questions, sure. Richard. So the first question I have is, what is one resource, it could be a book, a blog, podcast, whatever it is, that has had a profound impact professionally or personally for you? Oh, um, Simon Sinek's Finding Your Why. So I don't know whether you've seen that. It's a, there, there's some videos around it. There's a book. You know, it, uh, a few years ago when I was part of our Australia and New Zealand marketing leadership team, we did a series of, of workshops. And this was what, one of the, the workshops, right? It was about understanding what is your why, right? And, and that really had an, uh, an impact on me in my personal life and in my professional life where I, I discovered that my why is really helping others to succeed. And so that was the, the kind of the key thing that I that I got out of that 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 whole program, right? And and I think I'm and, and it kind of uh, manifests in the in the in the way I run my ABM program too, because as I mentioned earlier, it's how can we help the client? So we exist to help the client, not 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 to sell stuff to them. You know. I love it. I love it. I mean, it's a very very valuable resource. So uh, thanks for that. Second question I have is: if you could give one advice to B two B marketers, what would it be? 
So my advice would be that you actually work for the client, right? So if you're in a meeting room and you're introducing yourself to people in your organization and, you know, and they say, you know, this is, you know, I'm Richard Jacobson. I work for Westpac as an example, right? And I think that puts you in the framework of what I said earlier, you're here to help the client succeed. So you actually work for your client, especially in the B2B marketing space, because you're trying to bring knowledge about the client to the sales organization, right? Um, and so therefore you represent the client and their client's interests. I think that's just such a powerful mindset to kind of uh, talk about how can I work with the client and, uh, and, and make them successful. Last question is, what is something that excites you about B2B today? So um, I think B2B, it's only a matter of maybe a few years when B2B and ABM would be the same. I think more and more corporations are recognizing that you can't just do generic B2B marketing anymore. It used to be generic marketing and then it's B2B marketing. Then ABM is a subset of B2B marketing. But I think um, as, our, as our clients evolve, we've got to look at them all as individual accounts uh, and try to scale ABM. And so, you know, that's what I would say. I think ABM is B2B, B2B is ABM. That's what I, I think that. is going to happen. I love that. I mean, obviously, we, we um, it, uh, at our end, we're also biased on that front, but uh, it's it's also yeah, sure. lovely to to hear other people kind of sharing that uh, that vision. And, and obviously, there's uh, there's a lot happening in that space. And you're right, there's a lot of development. A lot of people are adopting it. So, well, that's, uh, that's very exciting. Richard, this was an awesome conversation. Just want to say thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, you just dropped so many insights, and I, I'm sure a lot of people just like me have taken a lot of notes and 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 got a lot of value out of it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the conversation as well. Today's episode of Growth Colony was produced by Alexander Hipwell and Liza Maywald. It was edited by Dave Semedo with additional editing by Liza Maywald and music arrangement by Alexander and Liza. Special thanks to Tina Wabe. We couldn't make the show without you. Growth Colony is hosted by Shaheen Hoda, Director of Growth at Xgrowth. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Do you think you'd be a great guest or just keen for a chat? Send through an email at podcast at xgrowth.com.au. That's podcast at xgrowth.com.au. That's all for now. We'll catch you next week right here on Growth Colony.